ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Low Key Podcast. Yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to say ladies and gentlemen anymore. Folks, welcome to the Low Key Podcast. Today we are talking about you people, uh, Jonah Hill, Kenya Barris collaborating on a film, which stars Eddie Murphy, Jonah Hill, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who was Eddie Murphy's old Saturday Night Live castmate um, about 40 odd years ago. Lots of other talented people. Um, Aaron fucking hates this movie. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. Before we get to Aaron, who's been texting us all week about how much he hates this movie. Keith, what did you think? Hey, I don't know. It's hard. I will say, um, hmm. I, so let me see how I can put this in the words. Like, um, have y'all ever seen that movie uh, made, made in America with like Whoopi Goldberg? Somehow, no. It sounds Ted like Bundy. it sounds like some shit I should have stayed away from. I know I've seen some of this, but there's a reason I've watched this movie. And I, it, I, it's like, well, since you read the description, you go, nope, not for me. And you don't watch it. <laughs> well, what was this movie about? It was the one where like, where it, it had Nia Long in it, right? And oh, so, a Nia Long movie, okay. And so she, it turns out that she, her, her father was like a sperm donor, right? Okay. And she goes looking for her, you know, her father or whatever, and she mm-hmm. finds out her father's this white man who's played by Ted Danson. And I think oh. is that how that started? Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, so I feel like this is like you people feels like a, I don't know, like a spiritual successor to that type of film. If that makes sense, where. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's like this um white male fantasy type of thing or I don't know. Yes, it, oh, at, first, at first when I saw it, I said, man, this this is Kenya Barry's take on like look who's coming to dinner. And then I saw it, and I'm like, nah, it's not that. It's I don't know what it is, you know. And and I didn't know what type of um the biggest thing I'm throwing off about a movie other than just like the overall script is the mood of the film. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel when I'm watching it, meaning, and I don't know if that makes sense. Like, for example, I was- We're gonna spoil everything, by the way, everybody. So we're gonna spoil everything. So just I'm gonna use this for for example. Um, Step Brothers is one of the funniest movies ever. I don't care what anybody thinks about that, right? I think that shit is fucking funny. I think Talladega Nights is funny. Right. But it kind of takes place in a world where I accept the absurdity of the situations in the movie and even the stuff that comes out of the characters' mouths. Right. Mm-hmm. But you people, it almost tries to do the same thing, but then at the same time, take place in a world that I'm supposed to believe that this, that people actually talk like this. See, I, but I think it's cheating too. Like, I, I, I want to come back. Please continue your point. I think it's cheating in so many ways on that yeah yeah and and that's what that's what really threw me off a lot of times where i'm like is this like this supposed to be a film with like some type of real social commentary or um where it's like a what do we call it like a comedic drama or is this supposed to just be straight comedy comedy you know where i can sit there and watch it and shut my brain off for a second right mm-hmm. and i don't think it really knew what it wanted to be and I think it knows what it wants to be. It's just shit, though, the way it's doing it. 
I'm, I'm like, and I don't mean to be so blunt about it, but there's stuff about the way some of this functions that just doesn't work. And and it, I don't know, like, I'm when it's my turn, I'll say. say I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much it. it. And it, but but at the same time, like, I was, it was the first time I can think in a long time that I watched a movie and I can really like pick out all the flaws in the movie. But then also think about what could have made this movie better, you know? So that kind of made it entertaining to me that it was so much that you can pick apart. Um, and it also is kind of, I mean, I think this is a great film for people who are like inspiring film, you know, filmmakers and screenwriters and stuff too. Because if you ever question yourself and be like, I cannot, <laughs> there's no way I can break into Hollywood. Like there's no way I can get a movie <laughs> on Netflix. You watch you people, you probably couldn't make something that can land on Hulu, Netflix or something, right? <laughs> so it was kind of inspiring in that way, you know. So to 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 I like look, the 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 reason it's okay, so just to talk about some of these texts I was sending and, and my frustrations to to the two of these gentlemen. I, man, it took me four days to watch this movie, and like <laughs> we we watched The Last of Us, and then it was like, all right, cool. That was great to review, and then I was like, and then Keith was like, "Hey, man, let's do you people," and I'm like, and I, and my initial text was, I think I said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> man, I'm, I'm gonna tell you when I sent that text, I was actually watching the movie. Sent that shit so fast. I, I think I said absolutely not in like ten seconds. And I was like, I had that big Grinch smile because I said, "This is gonna be really entertaining." Because I really <laughs> want to see what Aaron thinks about this movie. Because I'm watching it as I'm watching it, I'm like, "Ooh, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting." Just to see what his thoughts are on this film. It's it's emotional for me in a way it should be. Like I like, and I told y'all, like I was so fed up with this movie that I started watching Chernobyl just to feel better. Jesus. Like, I was like, I need to watch something that's well crafted just to feel better, because this was making me upset a little bit. So it was stuff like this. First, I don't invoke James Baldwin like that. That's that's just rude. Didn't appreciate that. But structurally, there are things that like it was doing that I just didn't understand. Like so, um, Ezra, who is the character played by Jonah Hill, invites um, his Amira, his girlfriend. He invites her parents to uh, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Now, you know, he's inviting two black people. This is, you know, supposed to be this racial tension. You know, he brought him there. He could have took him anywhere if he took him there. But so... Also, just a real quick L.A. native thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes to Roscoe's. Like, yeah. that isn't a deep pull. It's not. I know. It's weird that they try to make it one. So, here's the thing, though. Like, in post... There's stuff you want to be careful about, like shit. Because the thing is, like, I can't tell if this is a script problem or like they were like just riffing and then they kept it in the movie and then it became a weird plot issue to me. So Ezra, when he first goes on a date with Amira, they go to lunch and then they basically shut the whole joint joint down, damn near. Like they they talk until it's nighttime and then they go out. And so you get a feeling that these people really get to know each other and learn all the stuff about each other. In fact, right before the scene when he invites the parents through, the black lesbian comments that he needs to dirty up the Holocaust ring. Just a lot of like, you know, whatever. It's like, I, I didn't find that particularly funny, but whatever. It's like, all right, so we're in there. They talk about family. So this is the thing. 
So then when Ezra walks away and says, uh, hey, let me make sure we're getting some service. Eddie Murphy's character says, this is your granddaddy. Come back to give me your white granddaddy. Like now I'm cursed or something. Right. Ha ha ha. Cool. All right. Now. So now we've established that Nia Long's. Uh, so the mom of the girlfriend, her grandfather was white. OK, now let's get that back to Ezra. Ezra comes back and now he starts talking about how he believes that because Bubba and Forrest and Forrest Gump got along that white and black people should be cool and so on and so forth. But that's the only kind of awkward thing you mentioned if you don't know the white granddaddies around. So it was like the movie's unnecessarily making me think about stupid shit because it's just poorly crafted. Like either that joke, that rip shouldn't be there anymore because that Ezra as a character would know she had a black, excuse me, a white granddad, or he's a dumbass who just can't think in the middle of all the stuff he did to get to that. It was just weird. Like I couldn't just be in the moment even when the movie was trying to be stupid because it kept contradicting itself in weird ways because this is a person who's supposed to be really obsessive about family and wanted to make the best impression but somehow he doesn't know that her that, that his girlfriend has a white grandfather and before you get to all the other stuff it's just stuff like that that kept happening in the movie that was taking me out of it I read a thing from Kenya Bear saying like that after they wrote the script he and Jonah Hill together that once they got the cast together, they didn't change anything in the script, which for me is like, how do you get Eddie Murphy on your film and change nothing? How do you have a scene where Jonah Hill keeps talking about doing coke and they're at the at the bachelor party and the dad just sits there with sunglasses and it's Eddie Murphy and he does nothing. He's just sitting there just nodding his head, watching this, hey, hey, yeah, the coke guy, the coke guy. And they do this for two minutes, which is fine, but like, Eddie Murphy has sunglasses. We don't even see his emotions. He's just sitting there. You could have a fucking plastic doll there doing the same shit. It's weird when Eddie Murphy's your straight man. Why? It, it, being a straight man is one thing, but there's so many moments where, like, they're not even using this legend. It's awkward. Do you, are you so precious with what but you I feel think, like you made that you can't use the legend? What is happening? But I think everybody wasn't used to that full capacity. I know, but it's weird. Like when you you use the you got these talented people. You get Julia Lewis Dreyfus, a, a fucking legend, and you don't use her. I think they use her. They a little bit. I think, but I, but but they use her like the tool that they use everybody as in this film. And and I just feel like there's more to do with these legends. That's weird. I feel like Netflix spent a lot of money on this movie and i always like when they do that because they're giving some money to below the line people i'm sure a lot of people paid their bills off this movie that's great um i'm sure like julia louis dreyfus and eddie murphy and neil long and everybody else got very well paid that's great happy to see it but <laughs> i can't say i like enjoyed the movie like there were parts of it i admit that i thought were funny i think the funniest thing in the whole movie is kind of david duchovny just being clueless and just like mm. playing John Legend songs, just loving exhibit, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exhibit is like very when he does the wedding toast about exhibit. That was good. Um, mm. For some reason, and one thing that I think they got right is like the clueless middle aged white guy kind of gets a pass for making any effort because sort of nobody expects anything from him. That is funny. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we knew you were gonna be dumb, so you're fine. Play your song. I and did. <laughs> And then Julie Louis Dreyfus is like held to a higher standard because I don't know what. I mean, she does stick her foot in it way more. Well, yeah, she's like burning, you know, 
kufis and shit. So, I yeah. think when um Mike Epps and like Dion Cole, like the scenes with them are pretty funny to me. Mm-hmm. But it's because like they could talk. It's just something about their presence that's funny. You know what I'm saying? Dion Cole's new stand-up special is fucking ridiculous. He's insanely funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, and I and I that's think grown people comedy. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that I think that this movie is really missing. You know where. Like you have like some some of the funniest like white Jewish actors and black um, black comedians and Jewish comedians in one now for this movie's purposes you said it right in 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 one movie and you did not utilize them to their full potential you know what I'm saying like I was that that thing you sent us um, about um, what Kenya Bear is saying that it was more of a wedding movie. This movie does not give me no wedding movie. At all. Like, oh, I mean, this is oh, not. Let's, let's argue about their wedding. It's not argue, but talk about their wedding. The wedding, the, the wedding, the wedding stuff to me almost feels like it. It feels like it's such. It's it's in the background, and that. I, I think if it was a movie where they these people we see them they get together at the very beginning of the film, for example. And so it's already established during the relationship, and now it's about them getting married and that whole that, thing. Yes, like, yes. You know, because that way we could play off more of the family as a whole, the black family, white family, and and see that dynamic all together, and not just what we got. You know what I'm saying? Because it it was funny, and you know, I was the only wedding I ever seen that looked like they wedding was reminded me of, of your wedding, Aaron. You were okay. saying. Did I tell you about that? No, I had you. No, no, but go say say more. I'm I'm not I'm not sure what you're about to go on there. No, I was just saying just just the diversity of it. Like you, it's oh a, it's yeah, go to a wedding where you see like 50, 50, 50 you know, white people, black people, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, not that it's rare. I'm not saying it. It was rare for me. It was my first time. It was rare <laughs> for me. <laughs> so, it remains rare. And so and so, I remember when I was there, I was like, man. I, I know you, I know you and Sarah, and I know a, a bit of you guys' story because I know y'all. But what's the the whole story? Like, what's the story with the family? Like, how does the how what's the dynamic there? You know what I'm saying? So I was even thinking. I remember thinking that at your wedding, like I was thinking, like just coming up with stories then and there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Of like what I think things are, what I think the dynamic between you and the the stepfather or the brothers or whatever, right? Mm. Um, and that could have been in this movie, something like that, you know? This movie's um, not interested in that, though. That's the thing. You say what? The movie. This movie's not interested in actually doing character work, even a little bit. But, but to your point, that's what would really make the movie good. And that would also make, to me, the jokes land, right? Like... Yeah. Everybody, everybody in the movie is an identity or a stereotype of an identity. Mm. Almost no one has an actual personality. Tim, do you know how awkward it is to watch Laura London give this speech to Julia Louis-Dreyfus about <laughs> how this Jewish woman only looks at her as like a toy when the whole movie looks at everybody as a toy? It's really well, weird. That's, that, that actually bothered me because she's like, First, I hate the, like, I'm sorry, this is just my taking issue with all of the world at this point. I hate the expression seen, like I feel seen, like just say respected or just say acknowledged (laughs) or something. Like I feel seen is just like, uh, what what, I think what that means is see past my identity and see the person who I am. 
like don't just judge me on some stereotype yeah i think i think you summed it up really well like okay which is a beautiful thing and that is absolutely true but the character has no personality Mm -hmm. like she doesn't she doesn't have personality jonah hill doesn't have a personality eddie murphy has a personality but his personality is just being like i'm conservative and don't like this can can i say something real quick about about uh, personality and stuff real quick just to, to um, strengthen your point there's this moment where like they're arguing like okay so it's it's so awkward like honestly some of the the stuff King of Bears is clearly is like adding into the script some of it just feels weird where it's like uh, Lauren London's character is like auditioning for whatever role for an interview I say auditioning but, but she's interviewing and um, they were, oh, I thought you said you went to Harvard. And she said, I went to ha- uh, Howard. And she was like, it's like the black Harvard. And I was like, no one says that. Like, all right. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, and it's, and it, you wouldn't compare them. It's weird. Um, but also, uh, it was like, so they have a conversation after. And she's like, well, I didn't get the job. So, like, there's this tension. There, there is a real tension. Like, he decided to quit his job to podcast. And then, by the way, when, as podcasters, don't do that. If you're listening, yeah. Unle- do not quit your job. Uh, unless, 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 unless <laughs> one of us um, goes into Atlanta FX show, um, right. turns into a Jewish person, comes back uh, and has like an, an uncle who's a banker or something like he does or whatever the hell is going on. Because the thing that's, that's weird about this is like, while it is stupid, because this, this is going to go along with what I was about to say, but while it's stupid that he quits that job like the way the movie sets it up like he doesn't see it as a problem like he's like oh i'll figure it out but at the end of the day like he just he just thinks so i can just talk to my my uncle or my cousin or whatever and go get a job whenever i need a job and like that's not real tension for him in that you know what i mean but this is so nitpicky but how does a guy who works in finance for 10 years have no money Yes, like, it's stupid. It doesn't and, even make sense. And, and then the guy who says he can't afford to buy a nice wedding ring, I don't know if he can. Yeah, it's it's stu- it doesn't. Oh, that, no, 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 Tim, you're right. It makes no sense. And, and just, just 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 to augment that. He has that, a beautiful though. bungalow in Los Angeles. That is a one point five million dollar house. And, and just to add to your point, though, when Lower London, she's like, "Oh, I didn't get the job," and then he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me talk to you know somebody in my family and they'll hook you up." And she's like. You don't understand. I'm a black woman who worked for what I had. Da, 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 da. And it's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, hey, no one says that shit in real life. If you hook up with somebody, they hook up is your hookup now. Like, and it's not like, oh, like I can't do that because because I'm black and you did like what the fuck are we talking about right now? Like that is not a conversation people have. The same way that black people who are sixty don't call white people the n word. They don't. They do not. At all, ever for anything, they will call the word. My granddaddy will. To his, <laughs> no, 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 no. Casually okay. to his face, like they kicking it. No, we don't. Well, no, the we other don't. thing. Well, this, this is just, sorry, Keith. Go ahead. No, nah, I let you go, Tim. No, nah, it's, it's cool. I mean, my main thing with the movie, and this was my problem with it when I saw the first trailer where they're sitting at Roscoe's, like hashing things out, is that no one has racial conversations like this people like go out of their way to not have racial conversations like this. The only thing that I think makes the movie defensible in that regard is that Jonah Hill is doing like a podcast about race. and does say that he's raised by hip hop and stuff like that. And probably he's opening the door and almost pushing that conversation 
in a way that most people wouldn't. But well, see the re oh sorry, great. But but people think of people you know in interracial relationships. Are they like trying to have these conversations with their in-laws all the time? They're trying to find like commonalities. Right. You will have those conversations, but you ain't leading with them all the time. So y'all walk in the door and then you walk right back out mad. Like, no, that's not that's not how it works. The, yeah. the only thing I was gonna add to that actually was just that as as a as a man, they I just really hated how they use the the black lesbian as a device to tell the most crude jokes like to say stuff like black people when it comes to black and white race relations are the girlfriend who just can't stop uh <laughs> look i want to i want to say how they how it was we talked about this being one of the dumbest analogies it, it was like basically like the black girl for oh no no not like the girlfriend who, who can't stop tripping when the when the boyfriend is cheating and and or is suspected of cheating and really needs attention and, it, and i was just like yo what are you doing right now this is right. not the problem, the problem is with race relations is that white people are like the guy who cheated on the girlfriend and she can never forgive him or trust him again God, yeah, you said it just how they put it. And then but, the, the, the worst thing about the script, and it, 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 it relates to that as well, we, we get to the end and uh, Jonah Hill's character and Laura London's character are telling off Eddie Murphy and, and Julia uh, Lewis-Dreyfus. They don't rebuttal at all. And then it's like three months later. And then those two characters who just got told off, then just apologize to everybody. And then they go have a wedding. And then they have a wedding in their street clothes, which yeah, is and then and like every in like dreams of and Jonah Hill and Laura London, <laughs> they haven't talked in three months. They have not had a conversation. They could have been yeah. who knows what's happening. She could be pregnant. Any fucking things be happening right now. But like he, he could have been moved on, man. No, like <laughs> what the like this movie's so lazy. Like and it just the key, the thing you said, I thought was really interesting. I think you talking about like a pacing, how you would set this up. Like, Meet the Parents does their thing where, like, the couple's already established they in love and they just going to meet the parents, yada, yada, yada. yada. Um, I didn't even like the way that they had, because this doesn't make any sense. This never happens in real life. You don't have the parents go to the bachelor and bachelorette party. What the hell's even happening? It's just weird. Like, just, I, I, I don't know, man. There's ways to get to these scenes without them happening the way they happen because these these things just wouldn't happen the way they do. But it's just like this weird thing where it's so obsessed with just like the script. It's so obsessed with just being like, here's an idea. I want to do this idea. I don't care how we get there. And it's like sometimes like the way you're doing it just absolutely doesn't make sense. Like it does not work. Well, it's like cringe racial comedy. The, the, I, but but so, but that's what I'm saying. Aside from the racial stuff, and aside from all the crude things in it, they keep doing things that people don't do. Like I'm not taking my father-in-law to Vegas while I do coke. Well, he didn't. Well, well no, I'm not going to take him with my friends who do coke. I'm not going to have right. strippers there. Right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to Vegas. In fact, I'm giving him fake information if he try to fucking show up. I'm not doing that. Are you crazy? Like, he, he no. did show up. He he did a he. I will I will tell I will buy a plane ticket to Vegas and drive to L.A. or Sacramento. Whatever, wherever I'm going, I'm going somewhere different. 
It doesn't matter. He's not coming with me. Or I'm just hanging out by the pool the whole time. Like, you don't put yourself in that. Like, why is he at a strip club with his father-in-law? He's and, like, and, oh, this will go that's well. what I'm saying. Like, it, it, it's not. because So think about it. Like, okay, and meet the parents. At the end scene, Robert De Niro is, is with Ben Stiller and, like, they're doing the whole thing and, like, you know, he's questioning back and forth. And it's this tender moment where they've, like, gone through all this stuff together, yada, yada. And then at the end, he says, Gaylord Fokker, will you be my son-in-law? That's great. It's a really cool moment, whatever. But the reason that works is that you, like, have all the stuff they went through back and forth and he was giving them all this shit. And the thing, and because, okay, he even opened saying something like, you know, have you ever smoked pot? You know, and then are you a pothead? He's like, no, I'm not a pothead. I have smoke pot, whatever. Ezra, well, Jonah Hill's character has done so much coke that he's known in Vegas as dude who shit his pants one night in front of everybody. And like, that's not an equivalent to just smoking pot a few times. And then it's like, basically, you know, uh, Mike Epps is in the car with Eddie Murphy and they listen to his podcast, which is the most corny ass shit. Everybody listens to the podcast and that's thing that brings them together to decide they're going to get them married. But so also a super could, sincere, never funny podcast. Yeah, this is like all the stuff is kind of funny. Black and white people are never going to get along, man. It's generations, and yeah, man. And so anyway, they're sitting there listening to that, and then Mike Hips is like, "Man, you've done coke." It's like, what is this? How how does okay him do? Let's just say Eddie Murphy's character in this film. Let's say they included some lines saying he had also done coke. And, and shit itself in, in Chicago or Miami or wherever the fuck, right? Let's just say that happened. How does that excuse the constant lying? Uh, uh, so Ezra does a black culture well, excuse me, Jonah Hill's character just so when I confuse people, Jonah Hill's character does a black culture podcast. That's specifically what his podcast is with his black lesbian friend. And this motherfucker constantly not just lies about things related to black people but like he makes up stuff like that langston hughes park thing like why even have that in the script if eddie murphy isn't gonna hold him to task about lying about the very thing that he says that he's about what's even the point of that so he so he's just gonna be like well i used to do coke so it's okay even though he's a liar about every damn thing else and anything that makes him awkward he lies about everything but that's okay how does he not know the name of any park in los angeles the movie and the script are lazy that's all it is. That's as deep as it goes. You could just say I play. I could. I, I hoop in Long Beach. Everybody know there's rent. There's there's fucking basketball goals for days in Long Beach. You don't even have to fucking name the park. You can say I hoop over there. They don't even like choose to do shit like that. Where it's like easy. The script's just lazy, and it chooses to to paint its main character in a bad light, and then forgive him the same way a white guy would be forgiven. Just, just it, it ran like, oh well, like, all right, well, it didn't really matter that he fucked up and did this and did that. Like, we'll just let it go because, whatever. I wanted. I swore I would make two points at the top, and I didn't because we've just been destroying this movie. <laughs> well, you can is, do it at the end here. I think. I think uh, Kenya Barris is blackish was a great show when I first watched the first few seasons. I didn't mm -hmm. see the latter seasons. I, I, I like. I think Grown is just a strong show. I, I will say it is a good show. And I think Jonah Hill is a really good actor and has done some good stuff. He's I did some good stuff. When he first came out. We've praised him before, even recently on um, uh, Don't Look Up. Yep. And uh, when, I don't know if I said this on that episode, but when I worked at The Rap, 
um, Jonah Hill is historically the nicest person, the nicest celebrity who ever came into the office, and maybe the nicest person who ever came into the office. Oh, that's dope. He went around, he like greeted everybody at their desk. He went and talked to all these different reporters. He talked to everybody, like no matter who they were, and was like, oh, hey, how are you doing? What do you do here? That would make my day. I'm Jonah. Nice to meet you. Like just totally humble, very nice, down to earth guy. Um, Wasn't like in an Oscar campaign or whatever, just a very nice guy. I don't know. I I like him for that. I'll always like him for that. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate this movie. With (laughs) I did, but sensitive you. But I there were things I thought were funny and things I was just like, eh, whatever. This is kind of just a little hacky. But uh, I did think the taking him to the barber shop, taking him to the crip barber shop, was super funny. Um, (laughs) But I don't think that's still a thing. Like, as a person who grew up in Los Angeles and definitely, like, got sweated in high school for, like, if you wore too much red. Like, that was definitely a thing in Los Angeles in the 90s. Oh, it's still a thing. I don't know if that's... It, it's still... Yeah. At certain uh, places, you wouldn't wonder. It, 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 yeah, I mean, it, it, it's uh, still well, a thing. Funny, anyway, it was funny. But but I will say, though, look, man... Um, <laughs> I, I, when you do a movie like this, you just like everything doesn't everything out of, out of people's mouth does not have to be race related. Like it's on the page, and it's it, because of the fact that they're even in the room. Like you, everything doesn't literally have to come in their mouth about race. That's not how these things work in real life. That like they're much more subtle than that. I think and, I think would operate better if it wasn't. You're right. I'm sorry. But, but, and I'm okay. No, but no, I, no, no, go ahead. Say, say what you're going to say. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think it would operate better if that stuff was a little bit more subtle. I'm a, and I'm okay with it being not, overt. You know what I mean? But like, that's all they do. It's look, literally yeah, it's all like everybody does. Whole, like you said, it's like throughout the whole film. You know what I'm saying? But a little bit of subtlety will make it a little bit more, you know, down to earth and things like that to where like, I think people can relate to it a little bit more than like, I, that's like that. Um, what's that old screenwriting thing they say? Um, or writing in general when they say um, show don't tell, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of telling. Oh lord, stuff. yeah. This movie ain't got now, no if, no if, show. If we show some stuff and then, whoa! I almost fell out the fucking chair. If we if we show some stuff and then we start telling, then I think it 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 makes sense. It makes a little bit more sense. Just like with um. Lauren London's character, when she goes into both of her speeches, when she goes off on Ezra and then when she goes in on Ezra's mother, right? Mm-hmm. It, it feels out of place. And I think it feels out of place because there's nothing that we've shown within her character to fully justify her doing that. The only thing I could say was her father's really, you know, he's, he's you know, they're Muslim, they're pro-Black or whatever. But you never see that within her character in any kind of way that makes me think that she would have like these moments where she just all of a sudden go into these um, speeches, you know, about, you know, like Man, and, and they and the speeches last like 90 seconds, but like no reason out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I could understand her being upset, but she she like literally goes into a whole little a whole, whole little speech. Yeah, it, it's like I see where you're coming from, but actually you going too far now. <laughs> like like, like, all right, all right, all right. But you know, like, I just the thing that's that's really 
the most frustrating is like there's opportunities to do all sorts of stuff and, and I just feel like it missed the mark um in so many different ways and and the script just is devoid of jokes that are not just just crude for the sake of just kind of doing it like bomb 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 I would never forget the joke it's so stupid and and meet the parents were like they kicked him off the bomb what's gonna come off kick him off the airplane because he said I it's not gonna have a bomb in my in my suitcase and then the FBI was like oh, well why'd you even say the word bomb and it, it's like before 9 11 so you could say shit like this <laughs> <laughs> so it just has great jokes like it's, it's just it's, it doesn't it has movie. jokes he has bangers yeah. like even the one where it's like Oh well, like it, oh, you can milk anything with nipples. Can you milk me, Greg, or whatever you call them? <laughs> it's just like, like can you milk me? He's like, I got nipples. Can you milk me? But it's just like it's got banger jokes. They have, and the thing is, like, yeah, I mean, this happened to all the white people in that in that movie. But it's just like, why are they just jokes like this and and like that in this movie? Like, there's room for it. It's right there. And even like the cocaine thing, it's an outrageous joke. But it's actually it, it ends up being something that like doesn't. I just can't believe they had Eddie Murphy sitting still for two minutes with glasses on and, and just didn't let him do anything. I just thought that was so, it was like, it was like an encapsulation for me of like all the missed opportunities in this film. Cause it's like, I get to see Eddie Murphy in a movie like every year or so now. And I, I why are we not letting him cook? You know, like he's shown that he still got the chops. He did Dolomite. He's done some other stuff recently. I think they just did the Alex Haley film. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that is as a Beverly Hills cop fan. But, you know, it, it was shocking how little they let him cook. I just couldn't understand that. Like, it was so strange. Like, he got to do a little kind of, you know, I'm being like this conservative, kind of aggressively, you know, getting in your face about, you know what I feel like you're not about kind of do, but it's like it was so straight. It's just like a like you wrote it and then you you didn't kind of mold anything around around him, and it's just it's a missed opportunity. Like I, I think if you're gonna get people of that level, you know, in in stuff like this, like we we have to take these opportunities and really try to you know, baking into like the full ingredients. And I just feel like they, they did not do that here. You know, I got plenty of grievances about some of the jokes and this and that, but it was just the missed opportunities, the stuff they kept in and just kind of confused the plot or the characterization. It just made me feel like I, I understood way less about these people that I thought I just did. Yeah. I, um, and, and I want to go on, on the record to say that I also don't necessarily hate this movie. I, I don't like it. But um, but I don't like it because of the script, first and foremost. And and like and to your point, Aaron, I think that it was definitely like a missed opportunity. I think it had potential to be something great, but based off um and at the end of the day, this this is our opinions, you know. Um 100%, yeah. I I mean, I think I think they're pretty spot on in my opinion. But there's once again, that's our opinion. But um I think there's ways there dozens of ways that this film could have been better. I think that it had a it had a good setup, you know, for something. And it's just with the things that we mentioned, I think that's kind of what brings it down, at least for us. Man, I, I just say, man, I, I'm okay with like even a joke about a, a 
uh, gave Obama smoking crack. Like, you know, do, cook, do what you're going to do. That's kind of funny to me. Yeah, yeah that was it, random as hell. <laughs> but I, it's, I, I thought it felt it had such a like '90s ideology. Like, yes, it felt so '90s. And then there were like these tacked-on attempts to make it feel super contemporary. And it was just, it just felt a little clumsy to me. I just, the, the way, it just didn't commit to the absurdity. And I, I that's why I don't understand. Like, if we're gonna have a scene with Jonah Hill playing basketball, why we got Jonah Hill playing basketball? Why don't we just do the thing where like you kind of put the camera right at shoulder length and you just start letting him do crazy shit? Like, just, just do it. Like, like, like if you don't like do that scene where it's like you hooping, like just, just. On, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I was meaning by the mood. It needed to either lean completely into being absurd, or like like some like Step Brothers, or yeah. it needed to be this social commentary kind of comedic drama type of deal. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, it just won't lean all the way into it, and it and, made and it also weird. also is it just me? This really turned me off because I know I didn't imagine this. Did y'all notice that green screen and that basketball scene? I know that was a black. <laughs> Say more. I missed that. I probably, Matt, if you go back and look at it, and I could, my eyes could be tripping, but me and my wife saw the same thing. And I talked to one of my it's, and, yeah, she know film too. So yeah, I talked to one of this guy that works with me. Um, another he he's actually cool. He he gotta be almost he like a what a older white man. He gotta be like in his probably mid sixties, and he watched you people. He said, "I noticed that green screen." it was kind of like it's funny because we be having these conversations and i remember when i was talking to him about you people and the first thing that came to my mind if he thinks this movie is garbage then it really is garbage he liked it though no he thinks it's garbage like oh wow oh. and like the movie I can but, see but, I, I, the sort of people <laughs> who will like this movie are like Jonah Hill's age and some other young folks who just kind of like some silly stuff i i you know there's something to be because having like been through the whole Farrakhan thing 30 years ago, it just felt like kind of stale. But I guess if no, no, there was something recent too, though. There was a recent thing, like a couple years okay. ago, I think. Yeah, but I like some of these, like some of these jokes and setups, like it, they just felt like this was written in 1994 or something. Which is also why it reminded me of Made, Made in America. I'm sorry. Mm. I, I guess that's something we said for like, if you're 20 something years old and you haven't heard this stuff and you didn't live through a lot of these routines in the 90s, maybe this feels like really fresh and good. So, yeah, you know, fine. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think Joker is fucking amazing because they didn't talk to And that's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, I love a movie that doesn't make too big of a deal about race, but can still tell a story. I don't know movies that talk about race. I, I'm fine with that, but it's just like, well, you know, well, I'm saying like you can, you it can be about race to a certain extent, but but like, I think when when it's in this more modern day setting, I guess, like it doesn't have to beat a person across the head with, it, you know. I feel um, like I'm just speaking completely bluntly like thoughts i should self-censor it's like i feel like half of the country talks about race constantly mm. in a not at all productive way and the other half like pretends there's no racial problems in the country and need to talk about it so it's it's hard for me to say like 
this movie shouldn't exist or like these but this is a liberal version of that though you know what i mean i i do want like some bridge where people will have these conversations in a like useful way but like when you have these conversations that are like these people checking each other on twitter about you know you what what was worse slavery or the holocaust shit like that the crap (laughs) stuff the crabs and the barrel stuff, where it's like, let's just have every, let's have everybody fight with each other, and ensure that the same people stay in power forever. It's and you know, like even weird stuff like this movie wants to play with with identity, with white and Jew identity. It's just like it plays a lot of games with shit in a way that I just don't love because. I'll be fine with it, but it doesn't engage with it in the same way that like it wants to talk about like bluntly say all these things for the sake of a joke, but it doesn't actually have any interest in dealing with the characters or the issues it's talking about. Like cop, you know, police brutality is brought up. They're not going to touch that. They're not going to touch the banking system. They're not going to touch, you know, all these different things, which is fine. I kind of don't care if it does that or not. You can just kind of say those as sides, except for every conversation centers around this stuff. And so it makes it, it's weird because like, let's just say you were somebody who was not an American watching this movie. This movie wouldn't make any fucking sense to you. Like there's no plot in it, like really hardly. Um, And like I said, where there are plot points, like you kind of can't take a character point and then attach it to anything. Cause it's like, like you said, here's this dude who's been a banker for a decade, but he's supposed to be broke. You know, it's just weird stuff like that. And it's like, what part of things that I've been introduced to are supposed to be real? And what am I supposed to, like, actually believe? Like, when you have certain things as a a character, like, those are the things that help you understand, like, you know, what centers them, what drives them, what sort of risk are they taking? You know what I mean? Um, And because, like, why, why would a dad be freaking out over a dude like Ezra. There's a bunch of reasons that have nothing to do with race. Like he's gonna be a podcaster and he's saying he's broke. That yeah, would freak me out too. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean he like bought, and he and he a banker and he bought that little ass ring. That's pretty <laughs> well it's a Holocaust ring, whatever. All that shit, you know. No, um, he, he bought the ring though, right? It was no, no, he said he said it was a Holocaust ring. I think he bought a pinky ring, and then he was trying to say it was a Holocaust ring to just. Oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry. Like I forgot my dumb ass forgot that 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 was the whole. You actually lied about that. Oh, okay, yeah. So like, but but that's just a serious thing. But but okay, look. If I'm, if I had a daughter, and she came to me with a dude who I found out lied about a Holocaust ring because he was too broke, ain't no mother. That's some George Santos shit. I would, yeah, I would never, ever let him get near my child. Period. Yeah. What kind of liar are you? The, 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 I mean, like, you can do some stuff for jokes, but like, you can't do plot points like that for jokes because it, it makes it where when the father forgives, you don't understand why. You know what I, I mean? Like, think. nothing happened to like us to make him feel like he's less of a liar now. The thing, the thing I'm trying to articulate is like, I feel like there's this conversation on the left of everybody on the left. Huge generalizations here, okay? But there's a tendency on the left of people to really focus, hyper focus on differences instead of trying to find some commonality that would be yeah. productive. 
And then there's this tendency on the right to like pretend that racism doesn't exist mm-hmm. and to just live in a total fantasy world and never have conversations like this, um, even while you say stupid racist shit yeah. or believe stupid racist things. And I'd, I'd love to find a movie that, like it, it's weird to see like two different historically oppressed groups like airing their grievances on the number one movie on Netflix instead of focusing feels weird yeah fire like on the right on the actual root of the problem which is like this these this thing that's impacting both of them yeah 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 and there's just the people who largely white Anglo-Saxon Protestants wealthy white people who have the luxury of never having to ever think about or talk about this stuff are the real source of the problem like it isn't but the movie never and, again, wants and, to... and I don't feel like the movie has to like solve racism. I'm not trying to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just I'm just thinking out loud. It's just I'd like to see a movie about that. And this yeah, is even a criticism of you people. It's just it's just the weird divide that we have of people who are super focused on race and feel that they're doing something good as a result of it. And then people who like this thing that just happened in Florida with eliminating oh yeah, like the study of black history essentially. Because it and then elevating black people. conservatism as a study and putting yeah. resources towards it, like there, there's a, there's a, a really image. funny, yeah, there's a really funny onion headline that was like, um, Florida black history classes to focus on Herman Cain's rise to pizza CEO. <laughs> Man, the onions too, too good. Man, in fact, look, like, like, I now this is not really funny, but I saw some and I was like, yo, this might as well be the onion. Some black guy got shot and killed yesterday. It like it like late at night. He was in the midst of um, cleaning his just recently passed away grandmother's apartment out, and somebody thought he was a thief. They like oh, it was supposed to be empty, so him and his dad had been like emptying the apartment out. So um, when he left, people thought he was a burglar. He runs into his van, starts speeding off because they shooting at him, and then he dies. And it was weird because I was like, yo, that read like an Onion article. It didn't read like a real thing that happened. We recently just had that thing with Tyree Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee, where Keith and I are from. Uh, Somebody in in Los Angeles who is a black man in a wheelchair with no legs was just shot and killed. Um, Because they thought he was going to attack him. Attack him. Yes, he was going to be so fast to to catch them off guard that, you know, he was going to become Goku. He's going to start flying at them with a knife and um, catch them, you know, uh, in a way they weren't expecting. The thing is like in a moment like this in history where all this kind of shit's happening, this movie just really, it just feels misplaced. And I, I know like, oh, you know, you kind of compare stuff that like doesn't, you know, kind of jive with what this movie's doing, but like, there's just, you know, and I don't need the movie to engage with that stuff, but like, it's so flipping about everything and that's just not, I feel like, where we are as a culture at the moment. Like, I feel like there's room to tell these stories in a way more nuanced way. Like, this this style of doing it would have been how I expect somebody to do it in the 70s. Not yeah. today. It's and, like, and not, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, and again, I'm fine with, like, offensive jokes. But, like, there's just, there are people understand each other better. And because they do interact with each other, m- people who 
actually have these experiences where they're in interracial relationships or they have diverse friend groups, they don't experience things this way. I mean, that's just not how we talk to each other today. We're way more considerate of one another. And so this movie imagines a world in which, you know, a white dude, or and it, I, we're saying white, but the movie, you know, represents him as Jewish and then is always calling him white, you know. And again, like how how that plays and how people play with those identities, like I, I ain't got a whole huge opinion on it. But it's doing this, it's just playing with a lot of stuff and it's not really engaging with it. And it's, it's, you know, it's doing it in ways where I feel like if somebody plays with me like they do in this movie, I'm going to have a problem with them. Like, don't take this as a way, oh, I saw it here and, you know, da, da, da. like, that's not, that's not how I roll. It's not how a lot of people roll. Like, I, I think there's just a lot of ways in which it is dated. We've talked about it seeming like it's in the 90s and to me, the humor feels 70s-ish because it's only like focused on that. Like it, it, it's like a, it's like instead of black, it's like a black exploitation film, but like how Jonah Hill would imagine it if he could have it as his fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, like 48 Hours is like a more progressive <laughs> race movie. It is, man. It's, and that movie's horrible <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah. for like that kind yeah. of tension, but like, yeah, this movie's just like, it's just very dated in the way that it approaches this stuff. We people see each other's color, but they don't use that as a way to just paint each other all the time. Like we acknowledge it, but we aren't obsessed with it. We're, we're so far past that way of talking to each other that it just feels like like it's missing the mark on a million different levels. And so I hope going forward that they can hear some of the constructive crit. I have been very angry at this movie, but I I think this <laughs> stuff in it that is useful but like you gotta start with like the people in the relationships in the comedy the comedy like it's about joke telling before just saying things about race that are supposed to be offensive like we've had offensive humor before that works rush hour is it's plenty plenty of race jokes but the way those things work the way they choose to do them can be funny like that that you know i'm looking for for who so we're talking about who like, you know, I'm talking about you, you know, like, well, you, you, like, just even Asian people think that shit's funny. Just guys, it, it, I mean, to them, it sounds like a normal name. To, in English, it's like, he's talking about, like, play with the differences in culture and, like, how they work rather than just being like, oh, would, would you know, Holocaust, you're comparing the Holocaust to slavery. Like, man, come on, dog, we don't talk like that. Who would enter that conversation? Who would willingly enter that conversation? Who would enter that conversation that way? They got to that conversation in like 30 seconds. <laughs> fucking stupid like i know we got a movie to tell but then like center our movie around that dinner and then you can do all that kind of shit but like that's not what it's about you know like just just be more focused man like we and, and try to like get out and talk to people who talk to people like that shit sounded insane <laughs> oh my goodness like i, I really i have a lot of love for the people who've done these, for a lot of the work these people have done in the past. And, and, and it's just, we can, we can approach these things um, with a more fine tooth comb. That's all. Keith, you're awfully quiet over there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, I know we talked about this for a while. We don't want to keep keep on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought about it. I think we start wrapping it up. 
yeah. The whole yeah. time you were talking, I, I, I just, I don't know why I couldn't stop thinking about this. Honestly, I was thinking about that show. Um, it's, it's for, it's a baby show called Little Bear. Okay, I'm sure people with kids know what Little I'm Bear. I'm familiar is. with Little Bear. Yeah, and, sure. I, and I remember that Little Bear had like every time y'all keep mentioning jokes, it has a joke in there that I just thought was so fucking funny to me, mm-hmm. and it was like. Little Bear was um he had a sore throat and he was he was talking to a frog in the pond and he said that I have a frog in my throat and the and there's like this long pause <laughs> between him and the frog and the frog is like excuse me <laughs> it's so fucking funny to me <laughs> and I know it's stupid but I could not stop thinking about that when we was talking about jokes and stuff because it was just kind of like one of those things that's just so subtle and and it's in a kid's show right and it was just like like how a person could just be ignorant and just say something and then you like and, and that's how I kind of related to it in a sense right like, like you might say something stupid to somebody else of a different ethnicity, whatever, <laughs> right? Different background, whatever, and they're looking at you like you a fucking idiot, you know? Or you, or they might, or somebody might do the same thing to you, and you like, what, what the, what? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just thought about how in this preschool show, it had, <laughs> it was such a human interaction between these animals. <laughs> <laughs> that felt more real than the majority of the interactions in you people. And um I'm sorry, I was just thinking about that. Nah, that's a great <laughs> point. And and that's that's what's so frustrating. Like these it's like they just kept saying stuff like <laughs> I, I mean it's just it was just it was just saying things that were just constantly so out of line. Like like that you would just never say to a person, and I know it's supposed to be like an absurdest thing. But it was just like, but but that's the that's I don't the know, problem, man. It's so man. weird. I don't even like, know so, if it's so, so, absurd. Because because well, the reason I love Meet the Parents is like the build up to the mistakes that Gaylord Fokker makes. They all make sense. Like he's yeah, trying to impress right. everybody, and when he like when they're playing volleyball, for example, and they call him out for like missing shots. And then they pull up, the, like, basically, it's almost like a serve. Like, they they had the guy hitting it back to him. It's like a perfect thing. He, he spikes the ball into the girl's face, and she's like, I have my eye. But then she's bleeding out her nose. It's the funniest shit. Because To have like, a movie where, like, the joke is a lady gets a nosebleed in a pool is so fucking funny. Like, the way they pull that off. Aaron, but, but, Aaron, Aaron sent us the clip around today. Yeah, because it's like the thing that trips me out about it is like it's a great the progression of how he fucks up makes so much sense. Like he he's not that athletic, but he's really trying hard. He wants to make an impression and he ends up hurting a member of the family, a woman yeah. in the family, because he's just trying too fucking hard. And it, it it's really relatable. And it makes I was a teenager when I saw it. I hadn't met nobody's dad to ask for their hand in marriage, but like it made sense that he'd be freaking out like that. It's a very human thing to do. Yeah, There's nothing and, like this in this movie. And I also think that Meet the Parents is 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 meant to be a little absurd too, right? Like yes. like you kind of yeah, sure. come into it expecting it to be that way. Like That's when, when he when I he paints the cat, the, remember he like loses the cat and he finds another cat and paints the cat to try to act like it's the it's the cat from the house, bro. It's just so fucking it's, it's so, so stupid. But, it's but that, that's what I'm saying. Idea. I don't. I I think it works in that film, but I don't. It's some I didn't think that you people were supposed to be that type of movie, you know, and it and it didn't decide if it was gonna be, you know, super absurd, kind of stupid, Looney Tune, or if it was gonna be like 
I don't know. Like, well, like I said, that, you, a, you have to put something in like that feels like a gradual thing for a character to be doing. Because, like, if a character's gonna be lying away, because again, like they actually do very similar stuff. They lie, like as far as like Jonah Hill's character and Ben Stiller's character, they lie about stupid shit for no reason. But like, like I milked a cat. But, but also, and, you know, what's the, from his nipple. What Ezra with Jonah Hill's character? I don't. I never understood the rationale to his line. Just like yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, that's, yeah, exactly, exactly. What was what was the, what would the point have been? First off, why get her that small ring? Like there, there, there's nothing in his character that tells us that he cannot afford a better ring. And he unless, slides. He's like, what? Because he bought too many slides, which is what everybody calls shoes. Does everybody call shoes slides? I've never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, but they but they I never mention that. They never mention like, oh, he's broke because he spent his money on shoes or he lost money in the stock market or some bullshit. Like we don't know. We I'm assuming this dude got money. So <laughs> you would just assume it because he's Jewish, that's part of the race thing. Nah, yeah, I'm assuming because he because years. <laughs> yeah. His parents are freaking rich too. So, but anyway, I don't I don't know. whatever. I mean, look, this. I don't think we got to spend. The, we I gave the compliments we had to give. It's um, we gave the criticisms we had to give. Um, Did you yeah, guys let's... know the song Tonight by DJ Quick prior to this movie? No. Absolutely. It's such a weird thing. DJ Quick is like the biggest deal in LA and like outside of it's like Memphis, like regional hits outside of LA. I'd never meet anybody who like knows about DJ Quick, and he's man, like he's like a god, dude. You, I gotta say, man, California. this all when every music transition was hip hop from a synagogue to a business office to wherever. I was like, y'all, I'm okay. We just never. I mean, like, I don't know what modern Jewish music sounds like, but it's just like it's weird decision to just like no matter what we're doing, we're gonna listen to hip hop and R and B. There was an entourage. Yeah episode where Jeremy Piven's character gets DJ Quick to play in Bar Mitzvah and I'm like that's one of the best jokes ever. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> like cuz he's such a like LA legend. That's really <laughs> Yeah, it's um I, I mean I I wasn't messed up about the music cuz I mean it's it messed up about it. Fits, it, but I was just it like, fits with um Ezra's character and you know. But it's like if we go on with the Jewish people are, why can't we listen to what the Jewish people cuz they would like li they would be have like these hard ass songs. Oh, like, dude, I hold on. I went to UC Santa Barbara in the mid 90s and my whole floor not my whole floor but my floor was largely okay i was on the santa barbara city college floor because mm -hmm. they had like a floor in the dorm for city college kids and a lot of kids would go to city college in santa barbara if they like for whatever reason didn't get into uc santa barbara they were like i'm gonna work up from city college i want to have a college experience and get away um and like have this like I'm in, like I'm in UCSB without being in UCSB. I'll yeah. Stay in there in a couple of years, so my whole floor, again, not my whole floor, a lot of my floor was Jewish kids from Beverly Hills, and I have never heard so much hip hop music in my entire life. Yeah. So that's not. Yeah. Wrong. I, that's not I would explain. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't. I think most people listen to hip hop. I'm, I'm just assuming. <laughs> yeah, we, we're every, black. Everywhere I go, people, not the people main, playing some, uh, some type of way. LA black people are not the main people paying for it. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, and and I do think it depends on where you live. Like, I mean, or I don't know. Like, may, maybe in Nashville, most white people listen to country music, but I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, but um, 
you know, out here. I don't know. We got like transplants yeah. now, man. I don't know. Probably not. And I think it depends on the age too. You know, that's another. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. So I wouldn't. Now, it, now you can say everybody to go to Dollywood. There is no rock. <laughs> this is just some country. I mean, it's like Taylor Swift. There's no like bands or whatever. I'm, I don't know who. That's true. I don't know who kids would be listening to if it's not hip hop. Taylor Swift, uh, Adele. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> different house music and all sorts of like people with internet um, credit. They really do have like a huge show. I don't know. I like I like um, Do Leaper personally, but then there's also something <laughs> that I feel like you know I, I was talking about something. Um, we talking about Metallica. I was listening to Slayer before we even got on this podcast. Actually, I was listening to Rainblood. Rain Blood. This shit was pretty cool. I was actually listening to Metallica this morning, which is weird because I never, I always skip it. Mm-hmm. And I was driving with a baby and I listened to um, Fade to Black. And first I was like, I just like the fucking audacity of calling a song Fade to Black. Like, that's pretty badass. Yeah. And then I listened to the words and I'm like, this song's amazing, and I've been a dummy for like thirty years. Yeah, I you have. Because I think most of their mute, most of their songs, like if, even if you sung it, like they still kind of good. Like they're you know, what I mean? great. Like, you know. But anyway, let me um, let's go ahead and wrap up. Hey, real, real quick before we wrap up, one more thing. So we're giving all these tidbits. Nah, we need to go wrap up. I was gonna say Fifty Cent. If you, <laughs> you want to listen to some interviews that'll shock you and give you some wisdom, and you'd be like, "What is going on?" I had no clue. 50 Cent interviews. All right. I was blown away. He calls himself a conscious rapper. This dude's really interesting. Yeah, he's had no clue. <laughs> and also gives you a lot of uh, advice on your friends. <laughs> Loved him. Anyway, laws all right. Um, say what, too? The laws of power. Man, Curtis Jackson's awesome, man. Um, he gets on rooftops and, sit and talks about the laws of power, actually, when I just watched. Um, anyway. Um, if you got this far and you learned about the Curtis Jackson interview, if you clearly enjoyed this podcast. I really would appreciate if you uh, shared this pod with another friend. And um, if somehow you have listened to this and haven't watched you people yet, um, what is go going check on? It out. Who are go you? Yeah. Right. If if you made it this far and you haven't seen you people, you're going to be our guest in the next episode. <laughs> 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 You need to be on the podcast. Right. Yeah, you you're you're really in, into it. We we'd appreciate uh you know getting another voice, find out. We haven't had a guest in a while. Um a couple years actually probably. Um let's see, Keith, where can people find us on the socials? Um on Instagram at the low key pod. Thank you, sir. Uh Tim, anything to plug, although uh, you know, other than the new movie maker magazine that just came out. The new movie maker magazine which just came out is terrific. Check mm-hmm. it out. It's available it on newsstands and at Barnes and Noble. Michael B. Jordan is on the cover. There's a fantastic cover story about him um, called The Glow. And if you catch that reference, my hat is off to you. And I think Creed 3 comes out next month, early next month. So, you know, if you guys are into uh, checking that out, I definitely would like to. I still, I've only seen part of the first Creed. Really loved it. I've got to finish that. I'm going to watch the second one before I get into the third one. I, but I, I really... Uh, it, it looks it looks really good um so i'm excited to see how that comes together and also seeing jonathan majors again like i'm a stand i think this dude's excellent in everything he does so 
Um, yep. Definitely can't wait to see how that comes together. And and even hell, before that, he got Kane coming out. Shit, I just thought about that. Well, Ant Man, Ant Man's coming out before that. So are we are we doing that? Are we doing Ant Man? Yeah. Okay. Well, I plan for that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some early tickets, man. I can't wait to see that movie. There's a lot of really great movies coming out this year. So, um, you know, that's just among the few. So, uh, but yeah, we will see y'all soon. I don't know what we're doing next, but um, we'll we'll try to pick some that we'll be into. We'll see. <laughs>